Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to, um, I should say, Sins Canadian Connection slash Sins Chat Corner. Unfortunately, um, to any of you who might have been watching my wall or otherwise, you know that we have been trying to broadcast my shows off of the uh, Sins Chat Corner platform only because we're having some trouble splitting them out. Um, today, I'm very, very fortunate and honored to be hosting Kate Ashby Craft, who, of course, is one of our Canadian specials um, that I can't wait to get a chance to talk to. So I'm not going to keep her holding too much longer. Um, I just wanted to let you guys know for anybody that comes on the Canadian Connection show or the Sun Spotlight program, I'm going to be taking the next week or two to kind of divvy out all the shows, so to speak, so everything will be in their proper place. So just keep your eyes and ears posted as far as to when we go back to status quo. But for right now, everything is going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, funneled through our Sins Chat Corner platform. So without further ado, let's get Kate on the line and start chatting with her. Good afternoon, Kate. Oh, good afternoon, Cindy. Hi. You sound like you're on a beach someplace. I'm like, for a minute there, I, I wish I was on a thought, beach someplace. <laughs> what is the no, weather not like over beach. there in Canada? I'm in the frozen white north, Cindy. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, trust me. I'm thinking it's 22 right now here in Wisconsin, and I know I was told the okay. Canadians, you guys probably have a colder, right? Well, not really. You know, we're very similar to Wisconsin weather. Uh, we get a lot of our – where I live in southwestern Ontario, we are a lot of – our main weather comes from the southwest, so we get it from you guys. Okay. It comes up across. Yeah. So right now, we're not doing too bad. We're, we're, we're in Celsius, like you're in Fahrenheit, and we're in Celsius. We're about minus four Celsius here right now, which is cold. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> not as cold as it has oh God, been, though. Here. It's been minus 20, minus 30. <laughs> oh, my God, dear. Goodness gracious. Well, thank God, at least, it only lasts us so long. Because I'll tell you, we'd be have a lot of oh. crabby people. You know, there's things like football, weather, make people crabby. That's the two things here. I'm not sure if it's the same over there. But, oh, my God, we just had a huge loss. Weather's garbage. It's like, oh, I think people are sulking until, like, April. You know what I mean? Then spring comedy oh. will all be good. Definitely. But I have to tell you that I'm very, very excited. Um, and to anybody that's listening, I want to kind of start off, first of all, by saying that um, you never know, at least for me as a radio show host, what you're getting into when you invite somebody to come on your show. So you really kind of thoroughly research them, talk to people, kind of see what's out there and listen to their music. Um, and you are, oh, my God, what the hidden treasure are you? I opened up Pandora's oh, box well, and all these things came flying out. Wow. Well, thank you. That's very sweet you're of you. I, I, I guess you, no, it's very honest. You know, what it, the it problem is, is when honest. you... Pardon? Go, no, go right ahead, dear. Oh, no. <laughs> problem is when you've been uh, when you've been in the business as long as I've been, I guess you just don't think of it, you know. But, yeah, I guess when you look back over over my career, you say, yeah, I've done a lot of things. <laughs> yes. Which yes. is great. And, um, which is it, it is, and hopefully if I've done my job effectively through the course of today's interview, I'm going to try to um, uncover and kind of go through every little thing that you have on here, at least a, a good majority of the different points, and kind of highlight some things that some of the listeners may not know about you, because I think that's important, um, because first of all, most people might recognize you as a musician, but one of the first things I wanted to talk about, I want to get some proper uh, I'm if you could summarize and kind of explain to us how you got to participate in the short film Goodbye Today, because as I understand it, that came out recently. People may not be familiar yeah. with it, so maybe kind of summarize and let them know your part in it. Oh, sure. Um, thank you. Thank you for mentioning that. I Yeah, well, you know, way back when I, I've, I've done as much acting as I have uh, uh, music. Uh, singing and, and performing for the last uh, 40 years 
And I hadn't done a lot of acting in the last few years. So um, through Stage 32, it's it's an Internet uh, site, a website where it's a platform for all kinds of actors, musicians, mostly actors, uh, writers. Have you heard of it, Stage 32? I, I very briefly have heard of it, to be honest with you. So I'm glad you're kind of explaining, because honestly, I'm not 100% versed on it. Well, you know, because you're into this as well. I see that, you know, you make movies and say so you might be very interested because yeah. you can connect with producers, directors, everybody who's, who's involved in the theater film business and small, more small to the music. So I thought, well, it might be a, an interesting place for me to, to hook up. So I, I sort of joined the site, joined the site, and then there was a... Uh, an advertisement for this to audition for this um, uh, short indie film that was being made in Canada. Most of the stuff is made in the states, so I I, I was looking for stuff made uh, that would be made in Canada that I could audition for. So this came up, and I um, I was very interested in it because I know several of your states uh, have assisted medically assisted dying available for people. Excuse me, available yeah. for people, but in Canada we do not. And it's okay. a hot issue right now. And so a lot of people are for it. I am, I am for it myself. And so okay. this this is what this film is about. It is about this woman, this terminally ill woman. Her name is Bev, and I play Bev. And she is in a lot of pain, and she has decided that she's not going to wait for the inevitable. She wants to end her life on her terms. So she has asked her estranged daughter to come help her do this and that's what the film is about their their sort of a strange relationship and and um but the, the main thing is is that she has had to resort to this sort of thing and and not feel you know that she could go to her doctor and say look you know i, I really want to check out now but and she knew that you know she can't do that so she has to dream up her own way of ending it which is which is sort of driving home the point that people shouldn't have to do that Exactly, I agree with you 100%. And also, of course, um, is this something that people can view online only, or how do they get uh, access to it to be able uh, yes, to see it? Yes, it is, unfortunately, right now. It's just up online. Um, okay. And I do have a link to the movie. It's on YouTube, actually. I have a link right. um, on the homepage of my website. So if people want to watch it, it's only about 10 and a half minutes long. It's a very short okay. piece, but very powerful, I feel. And so people can go on my homepage, when they bring up my website and they'll see at the bottom of my homepage there's a link to that to that film and they can okay. go on and watch it if they like wonderful now it's interesting if people did not know of course you majored in both theater and classical voice now I find that interesting the classical voice thing um, why the selection of classical as compared to contemporary or country because I would have pegged you for that immediately well well, back then, I, I started studying voice, Cindy, and I was 10 years old. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I did my first lead role when I was 12. I played Cinderella in the, in the opera, Cinderella, so <laughs> when I was 12. I so and so when I that's really where it started. And so my voice training uh, was in classical, not, not that I particularly chose classical, but that's what it was. Mm -hmm. Like, my teacher was a classical sure. teacher. And that's what I studied. And I'm very glad I studied. It gave me a lot of good habits, vocal habits, which have uh, helped me in, in, day, in, in times of, of stress. When I've had issues with my voice, my training has enabled me to get through it. 
easily gotcha and not lose my voice so it's um it's great but i'll tell you back then um when you were studying classical voice i was not literally not allowed to sing any other kinds of music they all my the teachers back then felt that if you you know sang a folks a rock song or you know that sort of thing or a pop song that you would develop bad habits and and that does happen sometimes for sure so i my training was very strict and i think when i got to be a teenager it was like i was listening to all kinds of music and i really wanted to sing other kinds of music as well and but i was not allowed to do that if i stayed as a classical singer so i knew that i didn't want to sing uh, opera i and okay. i didn't uh, want to teach so i i'm a performer so i left classical voice and ended up Moving to Montreal, I was originally from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Moved to Montreal with and joined a show band, <laughs> and uh, we toured all across Canada and the states, and doing all different genres of music. So sure. yeah, I just wanted to explore other genres, and and you know I think though, Cindy, if I had been allowed to sing other kinds of genres when I was studying voice, I would have stayed there. I probably would have stayed in class. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, it just—it so was too strict. Oh, go ahead. Nowadays, it's not. Nowadays, classical singers sing all kinds of wonderful genres. Wow. Yes, and you know what? I, I thought to myself, one of the exciting things is—is is I don't get people that come on the show very often that do classical voice. Like I'm going to be interviewing um, Andrea Bucelli. Um, obviously, oh. of course, that's you know that is in the that's realm exciting. right there. But that's I thought to wonder. myself, oh my god, I, he's one of the best. I'm very excited. <laughs> I, I know he is. You and should I'm like, be. You know what? <laughs> Well, what's really cool is when you have, like, an Internet radio show, I don't really have a boss. Right. I mean, you're talking to her. So it's kind of like, you know what, the reality of the situation is I'll interview whoever I want. You know what I mean? So I'm like, you know, I yeah. don't always get them to say yes, but I'm like, it's exciting to do that. But the bummer t- about today is I'm like, oh, my gosh. Okay, so she did classical music, so therefore she can sing opera right on my show today. Oh, well, not, not really. Be able to do that, <laughs> I haven't sung opera in a long, oh. long, 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 long time, and my voice is not ah. in shape for that, let me tell you. That's okay. I'm not going to force you to do anything. I understand completely. That's fine. <laughs> I, I, found this, I found this little part of you interesting, and I, and I hope you can maybe talk about this a little bit, because not everybody who comes sure. on my show, um, your original origins, I understand it, are from Nova Scotia. So obviously yes. we here um, are from the States, obviously, or even in Canada. Tell me something. Tell me not only necessarily what life is like there, but from an artistic or creative standpoint, do you find that you have more um, creativity, creative, I should say, alternative here in Canada compared to Nova Scotia? Because some countries are just not very artsy, for lack of a better term. Does that make sense? You follow me? Oh, yes. I understand. Yes. Well, I'm very fortunate. Nova Scotia... Um, really big on culture, really big on music and the arts. And um, we used to have, when I was growing up, I mean, everybody sang or played something or told stories or jokes or something, and that was how you entertained yourself. You didn't stick yourself today, like the kids do, stick themselves in front of the boob tube or or now with video games and what have you. You made your own fun. You made your own music or acted out plays or and it was great it was entertaining it was fun it, it it let you develop your creativity and the parents took part in it as well and kitchen parties i don't know if you've heard of kitchen parties but they're a big thing in the maritimes in nova scotia and basically a lot of the older homes had these huge kitchens 
and they used to have like an old wood okay. stove in them and what have you. And people would just gather there in the evenings, and someone would tell a joke, someone would play a tune on maybe their uh, violin or on their guitar or on their banjo, or someone would sing, and, and this is what they called kitchen parties, and you would do that quite often. Nice. Very, very nice. Yeah, it I've was. never heard of that. That yeah, sounds ab- neat. That does sound neat. Yes, it is. And then, Absolutely. And then how long did you spend in Nova Scotia before you relocated? Well, I left Nova Scotia when I was about 20. I think it was about 20. Yeah, okay. that's right, about 20. So, um, so I, I, yeah, I spent about 20. I grew up there and, and was there till about when I was 20 years old. Oh, wow. Okay, I've got you. And why the selection? To, I'm just curious. What makes someone want to relocate to Canada? Curious. I'm sorry? What drew you there? What drew you to what drew eventually me? ending or to Canada? Oh, well, well Nova Scotia is part of Canada. Oh, yeah. Hello, Nova Cindy. Scotia is a province right. Right. That's okay. okay. Nova Scotia is a Let province me in that. Canada. Way to go, radio host. Okay, I've got you. So, <laughs> That's all right. Me, That's okay, Cindy. I lived in Florida a long time, a long time ago for oh. about a year, and I had I had people that I met in Florida thought that Nova Scotia was in Europe. It's okay. <laughs> and honestly, you know what? I'm sitting here and I'm thinking this, and I'm like, duh. Okay, thanks a lot. Way to go, Cindy. Good job today. We're off and rolling <laughs> That's here. All right. All right, the whole day has been like this. I'm telling you right now, this is the highlight of my day. This is my kids coming home. Let me tell you, this is all there is today. Okay, so I'm working I'm working as hard as I can. I really am. You're um, doing a great okay. job. Thank I'm you, not offended by it. It's okay. I, I mean, Nova that. Scotia, right. sometimes Nova Scotians feel like they're not in Canada, so it's okay. <laughs> well, there you go. See, so I'm really not that far off base. And I promise you, the rest nope. of my research should be on dot here. Um I, I want to touch base on, um, to those that don't know you, of course, again, I know that you studied at, at, I want to call it Dalhousie University. Did I say that right? Dalhousie. Dalhousie. Dalhousie Thank you very called, much. Yeah, Dalhousie. Yeah. Well, we say okay. Dalhousie. Like a lot of people call it Dalhousie, Dal, but Dalhousie is what we call it out east. Dalhousie University. Yeah, that was, actually, I went to quite a few universities, but that was the last one I went right. to. <laughs> Correct. And I just was curious about this because I've interviewed different musicians and each one has their own methodology or their, really their own stance on this. So I'm curious to get your take on this because you're a longtime working musician. Um, do you think it's pertinent or prudent for particular musicians like yourself, let's say, to continue, not for lack of a better term, secondary education, meaning continuing to hone your skill, whether it be to take lessons and, you know, further lessons in singing, et cetera, et cetera. Or you feel that, you know, your career kind of is at where it is and you don't need any further teaching. Oh, heck no. You always need to hone your skill. You're all, we're all, uh, most musicians are always practicing, always trying to better themselves. And same with actors, too. You always want to learn something new or, or upgrade your skills constantly. Like I'm present... I'm I'm also play piano and I'm presently uh learning different uh uh rhythm patterns on the piano. So I'm always challenging myself and most most musicians do. Most artists will always do that. You you never sure. you you never um most musicians that I know never settle. Okay. And that makes perfect sense actually. In fact, I like that. Um, cuz some might say that, you know, your Continuing education is in the course of a gig after another gig after another gig. Because some people just learn something new or do something different to the course of their playing. 
Oh, absolutely. That's if you're jamming and stuff. But a lot of people, you have sure. to really practice, and your best practice is when you're at home by yourself. Then you can uh, spend those, what we call the lonely hours, and you really work out different techniques and skills and writing too. Like I'm, I'm a songwriter as well, so um, I'm always uh, trying to, I'm always striving to be a better writer or a better player or singer. Right, of course. And out we are. We're all kind of striving on that same level to grow mm-hmm. and grow and grow and grow. And some of us have grown Absolutely. a lot faster. Absolutely, you never stop growing. You never oh, stop growing. Boy. Or maturing, apparently. I'm at about 12 today, so I'm working on it. This, this uh, <laughs> interview will definitely mature me, trust me. I'm working on it. Um, interesting fact that some of you may not know about Kate is, is not only does her um, amazing talent extend not only to herself, but also to your niece, as I understand it. I was looking and I see Christine Nicole apparently is a veteran of stage and screen. That's your niece, actually. Um, yes, I think that's absolutely fabulous. Niece. Yeah, she's also a director. She's uh, done some directing, and uh, but she's a a wonderful actress. Of course, I'm okay. going to say that, but she really is. <laughs> I'm, I'm not just <laughs> saying because she's my niece, but she really. Yeah. yeah, well, not really. She's a very talented. Uh, she's a very talented young woman, and I'm very proud of her. Oh, that's absolutely awesome. And of course, that that wanted me to ask the inevitable question, which is. Do you stop from a musical background or a creative background, meaning brothers, sisters, mom, etc.? Um, did that start early on for you? Um, yeah, I, I like, I was my, I was interesting when I, my, I asked my mother once why, you know, she enrolled me in voice lessons. She said, "Well, you were always singing when I as a little kid. I was always going around the house singing." So she um, enrolled me in voice lessons. Fortunately for me, at the time, there was a voice teacher who lived across the street from where I lived. So it was very convenient. Uh-huh. <laughs> I imagine but I also have so. a brother, a brother who's an artist. He's a painter. So um, he does. Oh, he's, nice. He, he, yeah, he does. A, he has a, um, a good living as well at his art. Okay, I've got you. And this is one of my common questions, and, the, and I, I always find the answer so interesting because it's so across the board. For instance. When you were growing up um, and, and you have that revelation of that moment where you think to yourself, okay, I want to be a musician, I want to entertain people, some parents are of the vernacular of oh, follow your dream, follow your passion. And some parents are kind of like, okay, can't she get a nine-to-five job or be a doctor or a lawyer? Were your, was your mom, for instance, was she very vocal in saying to you, you know, I will support you 100% no matter what you do? Because I think that's important. Oh, for sure. You know, to be honest with you, I didn't know what I wanted to be. <laughs> Oh. I um I actually ended up in the music business because I got a job offer. I was I actually thought I'd be an actress. I never I mean I'd sung and, and singing, but I, I loved acting very very much and and I really thought I I would be an actor until I got okay. my first job offer to sing in a show band. So that's how that ended up, and I ended up having a career in music and doing acting as well, but more music. And as regards okay. to my mother. Um, my mother was great in the respect that uh, she just wanted you to do the best that you could and just follow your dreams. She never, um, you know, said, well, you really should be this, you really should do that. Not at all. Wonderful. And, and they say my that. Father, no, my father would have been happy if I had been a secretary. but. <laughs> so. Oh, my goodness gracious, yes. I was just going to say that was you led me right to my next question. Um because, of course, I've been watching and researching, and I see that um, you have been somewhat vocal about indicating that um, you your relationship with your dad is, is somewhat estranged. Um, and so I want to ask 
somewhat candid question. Um, I know for myself, mm-hmm. of course, I have no no relationship with my own father um, for lots of reasons. And a lot of times that will inspire us as artists or encourage us or in some ways help us in terms of um, creating music, creating things as an outlet. Have you ever used your craft um, as an outlet as it relates to that relationship? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I wrote a song about... I wrote a song for him, actually, on my... My second CD, the Love Is All There Is CD. There's a song called oh. the uh, Un- A Love Unknown. A Love Unknown is what okay. it's called. So that okay. was written for him. And okay. um, we, yeah, we always had um, a very uh, difficult relationship growing up. And and I don't blame him. Like I, I learned to forgive. My father has passed away, and same with my mother. But um, mm-hmm. it took me a long time to be able to get over the anger. And the um, sure. and but I don't blame him because he was an orphan. He grew up in an orphanage, sure. so I'm, I I don't think he ever received love or knew what it was really, or how to give it. No. I know exactly what you mean. Definitely. Yeah. And I think so in some you, ways you know, you have to forgive. You have to forgive because if you don't forgive, no matter what her horrendous things have been done to you, if you don't forgive, you can never move on. You're always stuck. And that's what I finally came to realize after umpteen million years. (laughs) It took a long time to learn (laughs) that. Forever and ever. (laughs) Oh, no. And it is a hard lesson. It definitely is. And I do think it shapes us. I know that uh, one of the local musicians here was just saying the other day that out of the most toxic relationships in your life comes the most creativity, meaning that you are more infamous or you become more established. Uh, the more tragedy, the more heartache, the more sadness, the more that you feel, um, I, I think it blends itself into a very creative creature, for lack of a better term, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, absolutely. The demons kind of define yeah. us in some ways, definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that with me. I appreciate oh, that. Um, I'm very big on sharing some side notes on people because, believe it or not, people think that musicians are God sometimes. Yes, they think that you're they human. They think that you're, oh, my God, <laughs> Sorry, yes, here. At least they do over here. We honestly Are believe you hold you really? in high reverence. No, we keep you in high reverence, and we believe that you don't well, do the normal things, like change cat litter or Canada. cook. Canada doesn't do that. It, it's it's so funny, too, because I'm like, I, every time I walk into a room, I'm always just in awe. And I know it's a musician, and I know, hey, I can't sing, I can't play an instrument. That's why I like to interview you guys, because you have such talent that I will never know how to do, and I appreciate so very much. So I like to highlight in some of the things that um, are the personal side, because you know what? You are a person. I mean, you're not just that lady that stands up on stage. You're not just a singer. You're not just a vocalist. You're, you're, you're a person. You have grandchildren, and you have a wife, and you have a husband who you've been married to. And you have, apparently you're a wine drinker, so that automatically took you to the top of the to interview her because she drinks wine. Where did you find Anybody who drinks wine. Oh, my God. She's a wine drinker, and she's a tree hugger. Admittedly a tree hugger, which I liked. I'm like, she's admitting she's a tree hugger. I love that. She's a wine drinker who listens to Lyle Lovett, which is awesome. She refers to her... Um, Crooners is what she calls her hot band, which I find so funny because I'm like, I've never heard anybody refer to that, uh, her hot band, so to speak, because I've seen that referenced on quite a bit, um, quite a bit of your page, I should say. And your marriage, of course, has lasted almost 26 years, which I find is fabulous because nowadays you're lucky to last, well, us single people are lucky to make it through four dates without this happening. And you have 26 years under your belt. 
And you right. have a, this this adoration, if you will, for our little furry friends. So I was curious to ask about that as far as your love of animals and, and, and supporting animal causes. Where does all that come from? I, I don't really know. I just know I, I've always loved animals ever since I was a little girl. I, I just yeah, I used to have not have a lot of real animals. I had a, back when I was a little kid. I used to get a lot of stuffed toys, you know, and they were always animals. Okay. And and one of my favorite things to do, I used to pile them all on my bed, and we'd all go on safari, you know. <laughs> when I was a little kid, <laughs> and really I've cool. always loved. <laughs> I know. I know. My bed was my boat, you know. <laughs> But it was it was cool and uh, and today I take it very serious. I mean they just bring me so much joy, Cindy. That to know wildlife okay. like I have been blessed. Where I I live in the country, I live on a rural property, and and I live beside a conservation area. I get a lot of wildlife on my property, and I have had a lot of interactions with wildlife. I raised a baby raccoon at one point. To, to maturity, and he was released into the wild. So I've had such close contact with animals that they're just amazing. They just blow me away, and they bring such joy, and I'm just so grateful that I can help them in some way. And for me, on my property, I have made this like a sanctuary. Everything I plant, I grow, I do is for them, is to give them back habitat that has been taken away from them. And that's how I feel. I want to give them a home. And she's so funny the way she talks about having a safari. So can you give me the current rundown? Just how many creatures are you habit- having habitat in your house right now? Well, they're not in the house. They're on the land. They're, on, they're oh. outside. They're wild. Oh, yes. right. They're right. wild. They're wild animals. <laughs> of course. No, yeah. no, no, no. They're wild animals, and I wish them to stay that way. They're not meant to be pets. Wild animals should be kept okay. wild. And, well, I, where, I, where I'm living here, we get a lot of deer, of course. Uh, we have wolves, coyotes, fox. We have uh, a lot of different bird species. I have a lot of raccoons and skunks, and we've got uh, groundhogs. And, of course, I have a pond where I get a lot of different ducks, different species of ducks that come back and forth. It's, it's, at times it can be quite a menagerie out here. <laughs> oh, I imagine so. I definitely do. And I wanted to also mention to listeners that one of the really cool things that you've done over the course of the last few years is you took an actual uh, vacation slash trip to the UK. So I was curious about that because I, I'm trying to get over to London myself um, to do a book signing, and I'm curious what life is like over there. They look very stiff and serious over there. Oh no no no! They're wonderful people. No, you've got to really? go, Cindy. I mean, oh, I'd love to go back. I'd go back at the drop of a hat. Um, oh nice. No, it was a, it was a yeah, it was a producer that I'd done some work with. He um, actually got me a licensing deal for my second album, and he. Anyway, we we this, we came very close friends, and we decided we wanted to work together, and so that's how I ended up going to the UK because he had a studio there, and we ended, I ended up uh, recording my three singles that I put out, the last three singles that I did uh, at his studio, and no, I had such a marvelous time. The people were just amazing. You would love it. Oh, you I would imagine love it. so definitely. They, Oh, I cannot wait. Yep. I'm really excited. If you I'm get just, a chance to go, nervous. go. Gotcha. Absolutely go. You will You will not regret it one bit. Oh, I imagine not, definitely. Well, I wanted to showcase one of the things that I find extraordinary about the way that you do things, which I've not heard a musician or interviewed a musician yet that actually does it. So I want to clarify. I know that in the past that you had actually um, uh, composed and put together newsletters for your fans and followers. Um, is that still yes. going on? It is still going. Um, 
Yes, I do. Uh, thinking of that, I was thinking about that today. I had didn't do my fall newsletter. Uh-huh. I said, oh, I, you know, I just got tied up with a lot of things. So I'm going to be doing a winter newsletter, which I'm hoping to get at this coming week the, to okay. put that together for everybody, let them know some of the things that are coming up. Um, yeah, a lot of artists do that, but more artists I noticed today are doing blogs, and I'm not really a blog oh. person, so I'm, I'm, I can't, I don't have the time to really, or want to spend the time constantly up, because from what I understand with blogs, you really have to stay on top of them and really yeah, you know, right. monitor them daily, and I'm not that kind of person. I've got too many other things going on. So exactly I think the new- about. The news, the newsletter is best for me. Gotcha. And how often do you uh, compose them? Oh, I book quarterly. I do them usually the change of the seasons. Okay, I gotcha. So typically, yeah, so like a spring newsletter, fall, that sort of thing. Gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, if individuals want to get that, can they sign up off of the website directly to get on the email? Absolutely, list? they can sign up. Uh, I have a sign up for right at, at the top of every page on my website. They can sign. That will take you till to the uh, website where I do my newsletter, which um, and uh, that they can just fill in and, and their guaranteed privacy and confidentiality, their their uh, email address is not shared with anyone else, and so they don't have to worry about that. Of course. Gotcha. Wonderful. So this way we cleared it up. Yeah, because I thought that was really neat. It's actually a great idea because, like, I'm just like you. I have an old-time typewriter. I don't like converting to the new stuff like blogging, WordPress, and the whole bit. And I'm like, whatever happened to just writing? When I do an interview, I write it. I actually physically write it. I don't get on the computer. Wow. I write it. I'm like, what happened to all that old stuff? Because I'm an old – I mean, I wrote my whole book by hand. I'm like, people need Good to for do you. That well, I, 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 I do it I do. both ways. Yeah. I yeah, you. I understand how I you understand. feel. I write songs like that. I write my songs uh, right. longhand. I'm like, right. yeah, that's how I write my songs. I think Same that's thing. important. I do. I think I think it's neat to be able to not all all be into the 2015 technology. You know what I mean? It can be a little bit of both. I think a comfortable medium works perfectly, actually. Um, Absolutely. Now, before we start talking about 50,000 things that you've accomplished, which is on this list looking at me right here, one of the things that I want to highlight is if anybody has looked on your page before, ever seen a picture of you, gone on your website, they're familiar with the fact that you have um, participated in the Legend of Black show, of course, performing as June Carter Cash. Um, question. Actually, a couple questions relative to this. First of all, um, was that the one person that you had wanted to mirror on stage, or was that someone approaching you and saying, hey, you'd be great doing this? <laughs> you're oh, you're going to love this. <laughs> when I really? Did, okay. When I, 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 it's really, I was at an agent's office, and actually I had gone there to try and get them to represent me and my music. And I, they started talking with one of the other agents in the office, and they were talking about this show, the Legend of Black show. And evidently, the woman okay. who had was playing June at the time, she wanted to leave the show. So okay. I piped up and said, "Oh, I can do that." <laughs> now, at the time I said that, I I had no idea what June Carter Cash sounded like. <laughs> really? I had no, I knew what Johnny Cash sounded oh like, but I didn't. Okay. No, I'm not kidding. I had no idea what June sounded like. So, of course, I so I had to go do the audition. I did the audi- I knew I could sing country music because I sang country. I had sung country back in the 80s, so I knew I could do country okay. music. So, I wasn't a problem okay. with that. It was just like 
I had never heard of June. I never. I said I heard of June. I never heard her voice. Never heard her sing. So then I, okay. of course, I quickly did my research and 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 listened to her and said, oh, okay, I can do that. So <laughs> then I went and did the audition and I got I got the uh, the gig. So I got gotcha. you. But no, yeah, it's really fun. Hmm? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, no, I I'd never heard. I'd never, like I said, I'd never. It was just one of those things when opportunity comes knocking, you just grab it, and then you worry about it afterwards. <laughs> oh, I imagine so. I was just going to say that it lends itself to the next question, which is when you're not. I mean, it's one thing. Like I love shares. So let's say I was a singer. Of course, I'd know every song. I'd know every this. I'd know our mannerisms. This. How, how challenging does it become when someone hands this in your lap and says, "Here, now do this." And you're not as well-versed, you know, as the average fan, let's say, on this person. How challenging did that become to try to get it down to a T? Um, not really. I um, Well, I should say because that's where my acting background comes in. See, I'm, gotcha. I'm used to doing roles. So I sure. just immersed myself in research and listened to her as much as possible, read, read, read about her, just, just really researched her life as much sure. as I could. And, and and that's that's what I did, but I was used to doing that from being an actor. Gotcha. And just to let you know, I think you look a little more like her than Reese Witherspoon, just saying, because I know that, like, movie and, like, all that stuff. But let's not lie. You know what I'm saying? June Carter Cash wasn't always young. I mean, I get it, the whole movie thing and all that jazz, and I'm like, oh, my God, it was such a lovely love story. And I just, I, I always felt like in some way she was overshadowed by her husband. You know what I mean? Like, Johnny oh, Cash well, was a big was thing. Oh, huge. And, Right. Yeah, John so was huge, kind of like, a huge figure. But you know yeah. what? June was an extremely talented woman. June played several instruments. She was a, a fervent songwriter. She was an actor as well, you know. She had a recurring no, role in Gunsmoke. Oh, oh, my God. Uh, yeah, she, was, she used to be one of the girls in the saloon. Uh, oh, I my mean, God. she was... The, yeah, no, June was a very talented woman. And uh, she... Uh, but, you know, she... She always she was very comedic, very funny. They they she did a lot of. She was sort of like the uh, when John and her performed together. John was more like the straight man, and June was always the comedic right. one. She was always doing the antics on stage and what have you. Because sure. June never thought she could sing. See, June never liked her singing, and she always oh felt you know. And they were always trying to make her sing. So, so she oh tried gosh, to make up for that. that by being funny. Yes, I imagine so. Yeah, I just, I've always looked yeah. at the two of them and I thought, here's this overpowering guy because you know, Johnny Cash is so big, and here's little June Carter Cash, and I'm thinking, oh my God, this must have been amazing to try to watch that when they were younger and touring and all that. That must yeah. have been such a story, let me tell you. So oh, thanks so for much sure. for bringing that to, 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 the, to the stage because let me tell you something. You know, there aren't a dime a dozen people like you anymore. Like, for instance, I'm a huge Frank Sinatra fan. Good luck with me finding any place where I can go where I can watch the Rat Pack. You know, any of them. They used to have those shows and such. I, I think it's so neat right. when somebody decides to do those tribute shows. I think it's absolutely, absolutely amazing. Um, and I have a huge admiration for people like you, just so you know. Oh, thank you. There. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, you know, well, Cindy, the thing is what I, what I really liked about this show, we don't – in the show, we do a tribute. We don't say, I'm June, and, and the guy who plays right. Johnny doesn't say, I'm Johnny Cash. We pay tribute right. to them. And the sure. guy who wrote the show, who plays John, he did a lot of research, and he tells great stories between the, uh, between the songs about where the song came from and how it came about, and it's a lot of his stuff is very funny. 
and so it's it's a really well written show. It's a it's a good show, and that's why I've got them. I just realized I've been in it six years. <laughs> I was just going to ask that question because I was going to say it's probably been years now since the the first time that you signed oh, on and actually six. I can't believe it. It's been six <laughs> years. I. Well, you know, I, I when when I looked up and found out that you were you live in Milwaukee, is that correct? Yes, that is correct, ma'am. Yes. Okay. Pardon? Yeah, that's that's correct. Yeah. Okay, Milwaukee. Well, I was played Milwaukee with the Legend in Black <gasps> show six oh my years gosh. ago. Six oh years my ago, God, we were there. We were really? at the Lutheran College. Was, oh yes, I know where that is. I know exactly where yep. that is. Holy man! Yeah. Yeah, Look and we that. also so we played in Madison. Oh, we played yeah. in Madison, Madison Wisconsin, well. as well. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so we... No, Wisconsin is not bad. Okay. Oh, no, I thought it was beautiful. <laughs> did you really? I must admit. See, most people oh, don't I did. say that. They're I remember like, driving. Well, no, no, no. When I drove through, it reminded me very much of parts of Canada. It reminded me of uh, our Gas Bay area um, in northern Ontario. That's what it, in Gaspé, Quebec, in the Quebec area. That's what it reminded me of the your your landscape. Really? I, I I really I really liked it. But see now that's and I and I like to hear that to tell you the truth. I mean, of course, I've lived here my whole life, so for me, it's just home, home. You know what I mean? Like I don't know what the fuss is. I live here all the time, so it's interesting when people come from other places and say, "Hey, this is a really nice place." I think we have a great appreciation for all kinds of music, not just the big names that come here. You know what I mean? But just people in general. The fact that, that we embrace our musicians, no matter how big yeah. they are, how small they are, that sort of good stuff. Oh, you do. And I think we're lucky in that regard. We do, I, and, mm-hmm. I, and I'm very proud of that particular part, definitely. And I don't think we're over the top. You know, I mean, we live in Wisconsin, okay? This isn't Nashville. It's not Chicago. It's not, you know, the bigger New York City where, you know, competition is all cutthroat and things like that. So I like that. So thank right. you. And um, next time you bother, maybe next time you could call me when you breeze in here so I could actually see you oh, face to face if you come back to Milwaukee. If you <laughs> It's one of those things. No, we loved it so there. Now, we did sold out shows there. Our shows sold out in, in Wisconsin. Oh, I believe that. Like that's what I mean. I think that that we have such an yeah. appreciation for that, and and you just don't see that all over the place. That's why I'm so excited to get on the road. I was just interviewing Ed Roman, who's a Canadian, actually, who's a musician there, and I'm so excited because he's like he told me exactly when to come and visit. I've never been there before, so I have so many friends in so many different places, and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's like, come in the spring and we'll do this, and he grows his own vegetables, and I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. So it'll be interesting to do the flip side instead of being here to come over by you guys because. You're not that far from me. Um, and kind of see no. what culture and life is like over there, you know? Yeah. Not a, yes, absolutely. 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 So we'll have We're to not see. a lot different. So, and I'm, I'm starting to get that. The more I interview you guys, the closer I'm getting. That and the fact that you're all pretty. I'm like, oh, my God, I said that to Ed, too. I'm like, you're all good-looking. You're all creative. You're all kind of off the wall in some strange way. I'm not lying. I mean, it's a Canadian thing, let me tell you. And I have... I have like a massive crush on your poster child boy from Canada. So I'm like, and I'm doing a whole film on him. So I'm like, you, I couldn't be any more Canadian. I think that they should just like name me a citizen because I interview you people. I keep you in high esteem. I'm doing a film about one of your elite Canadians. I'm like, I think they should just induct me. That's what I'm thinking. I, I don't think know who to talk so. To you deserve that, an honorary citizenship. Absolutely. I'm trying. <laughs> right. Like, you know, I heard there's dual citizenship. The last guy I interviewed is a dual citizen. So I know what happens. Yeah. So I think it's possible. Oh, for sure. I'll work on that. Like when I get five minutes okay, to breathe, you work which on that. never happens. <laughs> Thank you. 
So I wanted to talk about some of your accomplishments because um, there's about 75,000 of them. But I've highlighted a couple of different ones here, so we'll talk about some of this. Um, just to let you people know, um, uh, I know that, uh, God, I don't even know where to start here. Let's talk about your first CD and your first album, of course. First album, The Many Faces Of, and your first CD, which was oh the which is The Heart and the Mind. Oh, my um, God. The Many yeah. Faces Of, that was back in the 70s. Holy cow. Yeah. That was and that's a the long that was time ago. See, she's like forty. She's like forty-five years old. I told you people, but she started back in the seventies, so she was like a baby when she started all this. Uh, let me ask you a question, um, because yep. obviously you remember the, you know, you remember the ages of albums, you know, and now we're all oh, in the yeah. land of CD and downloads and all this good jazz and stuff. Um, have you seen a transition? Do you think musically, in terms of how, uh, you know, the, the music wheel, so to speak? has become so modernized that some of it has lost its, um, what's the word for it, appeal, so to speak, meaning we're, we're, we live in a world nowadays where we have American Idol, we have The Voice. You know, it seems easier for people to get that big break compared to someone like yourself who's worked for 30, 40 years. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. Have you seen that progression or change? And, and do you agree or disagree, or what direction do you feel music is going in at this point since you started way back then until now? Well, it's definitely a very saturated market, and I think all these shows, in one respect, they're good, in one respect, they're bad, because I think they give a lot of these people false hope. And, uh, you know, a career isn't built in one night, (laughs) in one competition. Oh, my God, Correct. That's that's not how it works. And I really feel that that, that a lot of these people who, you know, go on these shows and what have you perform, I mean, a lot of them are extremely talented, but there's a lot more to it. And it's it's a talent. You can't make it on talent alone. And you have to put in lonely hours. You've got to know the business. You've got to really put your nose to the grindstone. And, And I don't think these kids are prepared for that. I don't think they know anything about it. And I don't blame them. I blame, you know, the people who are pushing them to do what to do this. And uh, a lot of them, I mean, let's face it, a lot of the American Idol winners have, have dropped off the map. And uh, that's, that's, that's very sad. Yes, very, very sad, actually. And, and they get and excited the music, and they get their build-up. Right, but, and uh, the, the music industry today is a mess, to be quite honest with you. It's a total mess. Well, and... Uh, and not to mention the fact, I think, what it does to individuals. Like, you've got some, some amazingly humble indie artists that do very well, that don't have grandiose, you know, expectations, and they do wonderful. And then you've got some individuals that are out there where it's just they become inundated with their success, it goes to their head, and you're talking drug, alcohol issues, domestic issues, you know what I'm saying? And that's in every market, I get that, but it just seems as though the higher up you get, the more difficult it becomes to keep yourself at bay, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It is difficult. I mean, we have a case of that with our own Justin Bieber. Actually, comes he's comes from the area where I live, close to where oh, I wow. live. He he grew up in Stratford, Ontario. So okay. um, he there's a prime example of someone who was totally unprepared for what happened to him. You know, he's he's basically was a child when they took him on, and right. and he became a huge star, and and he had no. Uh, idea how to deal with that, and I don't think anyone was around to actually guide him through it properly. Definitely, so this, and of course, the, what happens is, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. 
No, and I think what happens a lot of times, as I've noticed, is is that not only, you know, does the public perception change about them, but they almost alter the way they look at themselves. You know what I'm talking about? Things become different, mm-hmm. and I think what they expect stardom to be like is nothing like it. Um, exactly. You know. Exactly. Well, and, they're and they're in love. They're You know, they're in, in love with the glitz and the glamour and all that, but what they don't realize is okay. there's always a dark side as well. And, and, it, and the pressure, the pressure too, it's tremendous pressure these artists have on them. At that level, the other, at, the, at the level of the Justin Bieber's, the, the, the pressure is phenomenal. Well, you know, they can't even walk, they can't walk across, they can't walk across the street without somebody's, you know, commenting on it. <laughs> I agree. Like, I can't go take a shower because someone is watching me, et cetera, et cetera. I, I get exactly, exactly what you're talking about as far as that goes. Exactly. Now, and that's what happened to Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley had to live in a, in a cage, basically. He couldn't and, leave. And he I couldn't like walk that. downtown. You know, I, yeah. and I, that's not the kind of life I want. Oh, of course Or whatever not. want. But, I mean, you want to... You want to be able to do what you want to do, do what you love doing, and be able to be recognized mm-hmm. for it. But at a certain point, I do think that paparazzi and people overstep their boundaries. The, the world we live in now with the TMZs and the others, they they have no right to do some of the things that they do. That's another reason I started this show, because I would never, I've never embarrassed someone, I've never humiliated them, I've never highlighted their dark side, and I've never talked about anything they wouldn't want anyone to know. You know, I, I think nowadays people are fascinated to the point of obsession. You know what I mean? Mhm. Mhm. Absolutely. I agree with you. I I don't I think a lot of what the the media does today is wrong. Definitely. Well, good thing we're not like that. Thank you very much. <laughs> Throw <laughs> no, that I'm out glad there. Too. Yes. Now, before we move on to the next thing, I kind of wanted to mention, you know, the, obviously the many faces of was done a significant amount of time ago as compared to the heart and the mind. So you, for you personally, if you were to go back and critique the two and looked at the two of them, tell me something that's unique about both of these pieces of work? Because obviously when you're first starting out, sometimes the quality of material is not the same as it is as you progress along. So so just bring out the unique points of both of those comparatively, because you're the artist, you would know, of course. Um, well, it's interesting. The the many faces of was, um, that was with my ex-duo uh, partner, and we at the time I decided we decided that we needed to to we wanted to record and put out some original material. And as you say, it was really our first foray into recording or writing. And um, you know, I listened to there. There are still songs that did very well off that album, which surprised me actually. Because they're very, okay. uh, what would I call in in songwriting 101. <laughs> so, and now you come years later, and mind you, I appreciate it for what it was. It was a great learning experience. And when, and all the years later, you come to the heart and the mind. That was, is a far better album of the the writing, the, uh, the production, the arrangements, everything, sure. obviously. But of then course. there there was a lot of uh, a lot of um, you know experience. After the, um, after the many faces of, so that's why the heart and the mind is a much better product. Of course, gotcha. Thank you. So we have some hindsight on that. The 1997 rolled along and it produced something called a song for Lorian, which ended up being in the top 10 percent in the international Unisong contest. Um, yes. For those of us who are not familiar with the Unisong contest and are asking themselves, "Oh, that's great, top 10 percent," but what's the Unisong contest? What's the song all about? So tell us about that. <laughs> Well, at the time, it was, I don't even know if it's still going, but at the time, it's, it was a pretty significant songwriting contest. And, you know, people entered it from all over the world. 
and uh, you entered in various categories. And uh, so I submitted in the adult contemporary category with that song, and then it did very well. I mean, it competed against, oh God, I forget how many people in so many countries. I mean, there were a lot of people entered from all over the world. So it was quite a significant songwriting contest. Now, of course, there's all kinds of songwriting contests. But this oh, one definitely. back then was pretty significant contest. Oh, cool. Very, very cool. And I like to hear that because I'm like, you know what, it's nice. I mean, it's nice when you compose a song or you do something and you say, yeah, I'm on task and this was great. But to be recognized, and especially in the top 10%, is a very cool accolade. So kudos to you there. Um, oh, yeah. Then we move. We move on to, of course, she was nominated from the American Country Radio for the Golden Microphone Award for the song You're My Addiction. Okay? You're My right. Addiction. Really? Is this a person or a drug or a wine? I was just thinking to myself, <laughs> I have not heard this song, but I can guess or infer. So talk to us a little bit about that. And what exactly is a Golden Microphone Award? I'm like, what? These are all foreign things. <laughs> well, so basically, it's out. best vocalist. It's best singer is what it is. That's what it means, best singer, so. best voice. <laughs> That's what that award is about. Um, as far as the song, it's very interesting. Most people think I wrote it about you know a, a boyfriend or something. You're my addiction. Right. It's not about a drug. Right. But actually, I wrote it about the music industry. <laughs> I wrote it Look about the that. music business. I gotcha. But that's yeah. that's not uh, what most people think. And that's okay. I want see what I like about songwriting. I like people to to make the songs what they want them to be. And most writers are like that. Most writers write so that you can take ownership of the song. I got you. And more or less, too, I always say ownership of your thoughts and feelings. I think a lot of times that people take advantage, or or the proper term would be this. I've been told this quite a bit, that I I write all the time, obviously. I think people expect that I crawl out of my bed, drop my kids off to school, I grab a pen, and then I'm automatically writing at 9, and it's all perfection and magic. And that's how it happens every single day, all day long. And I'm like, hell no, that's not how it works. It's hard and it's challenging and putting feelings down and getting that. It's difficult. It can be very challenging sometimes, I think. Um, You know, and especially with songs where you're, you're effectuating emotion and feeling and trying to get a message out there. That must be very challenging sometimes. Oh, it is. I mean, I'm constantly editing songwriting, and then same with the kind of writing you do. It's very difficult. It's it's hard. It's hard work because you, you look at every word, every word, oh, and can you find a better word, and, and every phrase, and every sentence, and, 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 then, and, you just, and you just have to go over and over and over it. And edit and over edit and over edit and drive yourself crazy. Oh wait, yep. that's just me, maybe. Oh, <laughs> but that tends to happen, I think, definitely. Um, and then she progresses along in 2006 to do um, the second CD, which is "Love Is All There Is." Um, and you were then chosen as a semi-finalist in the UK songwriting contest. So this is a whole other ball of wax here. Yeah, so the UK songwriting contest is also a very uh, well-known contest, and and I was very pleased that I'm, that song made it to the semifinals. I like to enter my songs occasionally into these kind of prestigious prestigious contests because it kind of lets me know where my writing is. It kind of tell it sort of it's my finger on the pulse to see okay. you know am I in the right ballpark here? Am I still in the game? You know, that's basically why I do it. Got and it. it doesn't hurt to, you know, so that that's why why I do it. And, and yeah, I was very fortunate with that. And the Love Is All There Is album was an interesting album. When I started writing the songs for that album, I realized that all the songs were about a different kind of love. 
so that's why it became a concept album. Um, definitely. And, and of course, what, who doesn't like a song about love? Hello? I mean, that just kind of goes without saying, doesn't it? Um, mm-hmm. and then, but it's not just romantic that, love. Like, all the, every song deals with a different kind. Right. Though it's and, not, and I definitely yeah. think it's, it's not the typical traditional sort of man-woman relationship. Not at thing. all. No, there is gotcha. there is some on there, but most of, they all right. deal. There's both love, you know, there's the... As we mentioned earlier, there's a song in there that I wrote for my father. The father, you know, there's a song in there about the love I had between the baby raccoon that I raised. You know, so there's there's all different kinds of love, different dimensions of love. Definitely. And then she moves on to get four nominations in 2007 um, through the Toronto Exclusive Magazine Awards. And uh, with a win, of course, for Best Adult Contemporary Website. Um Okay, now, question for you. Is that something mm-hmm. you developed, something someone else developed, that was all a project that was all on your own? How did you end up harnessing something like that? Well, the the website was designed uh, through a company I worked with. Uh, the ideas were mine, and I definitely told them what I wanted on it and how I wanted it on it. And they, of course, I don't have the technical knowledge to put it together myself. So, but okay. with my guidance and the with my guidance and my direction, the website was put together. Gotcha, and congratulations on that! My goodness gracious, talk about an accolade Thanks. to get the win. That's absolutely wonderful. Now, I wanted to highlight and mention a couple of different ones, a couple of different songs that you've done through the years. Meaning, was it easy? Situation Blue, Home Light Shining, and Keep on the Sunny Side. After numbers of years of composition and performing, um, if you could highlight for me one of the most significant moments in your career, whether it was on stage, off stage, something you composed, something someone said, name a significant moment for us, because I think that's important. Okay, I would say significant moment. You mentioned one of the songs that um, I wrote, well, actually I co-wrote, Was It Easy?, I would say the significant moment was when that song went all the way to number one in the Canadian country charts. Wow. That was number one in 1986. That's, that's amazing, isn't it? That must have been such a yeah, rush. Yeah, so that I would say was a significant feeling. moment. Yeah. I gotcha. Have you ever had someone walk up to you and, and say, you know, you, you've brought emotion or feeling or, or that in some something you've done or some way you've performed or written has moved someone? Uh, yes, I, I've been very blessed that way. I have very, uh, I've got great fans and great audience, people that, people that come out to see me. I'm very fortunate that way. Um, though I would say one of the best performances I did was uh, 2013. It was um, Stratford Summer Music Festival. It's a six-week music festival. It takes place every weekend in Stratford, Ontario. And uh, okay. they bring in people from all over the world to perform at this. And I had a performance. I gave a, two performances at this festival, actually, and and I had near record crowds in mind, and that that was very touching. And um, because this, a lot of people in this area know me, and you know, so that the people that day were just amazing. They were just so appreciative and so grateful, and it sort of kind of blew me away because I wasn't really expecting it from like a home crowd. So it was. Wow, it was it was a great um, a tribute to me, and I, I was I was very grateful. Uh, I imagine so, definitely. Um, have you ever had those days like most normal? Because again, I know they all glorify the musicians. 
You ever have those days where you wake up and think to yourself, you know, I, I've written three songs there or whatever your process is, and you draw two of them because you're like, you know, this is just junk. I know it's hard for people to envision, but do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And I mean, well, it's interesting. I usually, when I'm writing, I, 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 I write, I work on like three or four songs at the same time. Because what mm-hmm. happens to me, I start, I'm working on one song and I'll get blocked. I can't work any further with it. I just, it's just not going anywhere, so I leave it. And then I go on and work on something else. So that's how I write. I don't work just on one song and just, you know, it's always three or four at the same time. Ah, I gotcha. And and what an interesting process, too, because it's like if you're working or three, I would find, I would have a hard time with that. <laughs> you know, I mean, juggling the back and forth between <laughs> three and four. You know what I mean? Like I'm doing one, then I'm doing another, then I'm doing another. Yeah. Well, why I get, do that Doesn't is it because... ever get overwhelming? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. But I've learned a long time ago that you can't beat yourself to death with, of, over a song that you're having problems with. And I only do that because if I, I come to a roadblock in a particular song and I say, okay, there's no point in me trying to beat myself up about this. This is not, I can't finish this right now. It's not happening. So then I'll pick up another song I started. And they're all at various stages. So I'll pick up another song that I've been working on, and all of a sudden I'll get new insight in that song, and I can write more in that song. So sure. then after that I can probably go back to the first song that I was having problems with, and that sometimes it's unblocked at that point. That's just my creative process, which which is everyone writes differently. <laughs> yes, I understand exactly what you mean. I, I do. And, and the writing process can be very tricky for people. Um, you know, and that's, oh, yeah. I think that's my hardest frustration is trying to get people to get in my world and realize, yeah, the magic just doesn't happen. And especially if you're not in a good mood or if you're not in the right place or your mojo, it, it's different. And you know what the best you know what thing I'm to saying? do, Cindy, is just, just walk away from it. Go do something else. Yeah. That's what I learned a long time. Just go do something else Somebody and then come that. back to it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like a perfectionist and I'm like crazy now where I'm just like, you know what? I'm totally obsessed with this right now and I need to do this or this or this or this or this. Um you know, it just, it, it blows my mind because I'm like, you know, I almost got to the point. I don't know if you've ever done this. In fact, it's one of my questions for you. Have you co-authored before? Because that's something I'm kind of considering going into is co-authoring a project with someone, but I'm not sure the challenges of that. Well, or is that I'll tell something you what to, you entertain? Well, I'll tell you, I haven't done a lot of it. I've done some. Very, very little, though. Okay. I, I'm not a big fan. Well, I shouldn't say that. I suppose if, a, if the opportunity presents itself and I think that everything's oh sounds it's basically finding someone that you click with um but you have to really when you're going to co-author something you better make sure that you have some kind of contract signed that where the i's are dotted and the t's are crossed that you know who who's you know how you're going to split any revenue from said product and you've got to and who's going to you know how you're going to copyright this and and the, and who's going to sure. share the publishing you're going to do publishing co-publish that these are very important issues that you have to get straightened up before you even start to write this is what you have to do first is get all that stuff done first like what I call it get your housework done first then you can write so that you all know where you stand that's very exactly important mean, yeah. because there's been a lot of people uh, who have gotten themselves into great trouble over, because they haven't done that. And they're coming out now and saying, well, I, I contributed so much to that song and I didn't get my fair share and blah, 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 blah. That you know, And it just can make life miserable. Sure, of course. So and, you know, I... 
I think creativity can be a great harness to make things better instead of worse. So I definitely, I, I, I'm, I'm really considering it. I do think that sometimes some of the best stuff isn't necessarily always just from us ourselves. Sometimes we need someone to funnel oh, that sure. off of or, or, or throw it off of or that sort of thing. You know what I mean? And, and people keep bringing it up. Well, and I'm when like, you're looking yeah, at someone, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. They're a great uh, songwriting team. I mean, look at Lennon McCartney, for instance. I mean, two of the best songwriters in the world, you know, that ever were. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah a lot of people, um, and Elton John, his writing partner, they, you know, they, they've worked together for years and years and years, so they obviously have worked right. have a good arrangement. But all I'm saying is that if you're going to do that, just make sure everyone understands who gets what. <laughs> Exactly. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. And you've got about. it in writing because you never know where it's going to lead. You never know where that oh, song or that book or whatever is going to end up. So It's amazing, isn't it? It's funny how one little tiny thing can start off being this or this, and then all of a sudden it, it extends up to something else. So you never know where the magic's going to come from. So thank you for nope. that introspect. Perhaps I'll look into that. Definitely. Oh, now, good. Instead good. of making continuing to talk about how you sing and what you sound like and how unique and wonderful you are, I'm going to let individuals listen to you because you've been very gracious and able to send me one of the uh, songs that we were speaking about, which is Keep on the Sunny Side, of course. Um, would you like to give us a little intro into the song? Tell us a little bit about the motivation or inspiration behind the song, and then I'll let everybody listen to it. Well, I'll be honest with you, this song I did not write, but this is one <gasps> of the singles I re- this is one of the singles I released, and I love the song. And I really think it's a really important message to keep in mind today when a lot of people are going through difficult times. Um, you know, so I figured it's always it, it's a good song to live by. That's that's why I want to do it. I gotcha. Perfect. All right. Well, let's give you three minutes and me three minutes, or actually three and a half minutes, and let's go ahead and listen to the song. One moment, please, and I'll go ahead and get it started. I can't wait to listen to this.
Wow. I don't even have words. That's all I got. Wow. I don't even know what else to say to that. Makes you want to get up and like dance, and it's like so positive. And I'm like, I like messages That's why I positivity. wanted to do it, Cindy. Actually, seen that's a very, very old song, and actually, it's an American song. And actually, it's one that's of the songs that June did. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's it's it's, it's it actually the Carter family, June June Carter's family. They 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 that was one of their big hits. And oh, I've always loved See, the song. I, I, that's what I thought because I listened to it. I thought I yeah. was going insane. I mean, well, nope. I am insane. But, I mean, I, I thought I was like, oh my god, what the heck is this? Because I'm like, I know I've I've heard this before and da 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 and all that good stuff. So I thought, okay, well, let's listen yeah. to this. And so hopefully, you know, listeners get the ideas. And, and what's neat about it, and maybe it's just me, and I and I try not to be biased because I know that you're on my show, but I do think that each individual musician brings a little ghost of themselves, so to speak. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, Meaning, obviously, oh, she sure. is a living, breathing person. And you bring that certain portion to, of yourself in there, as far as that goes and such. Um, and I think that that's really neat. And I think that your version is not going to sound like somebody else's version and somebody else's version, and it's not supposed to. I think that that's very important. I hope um, not. <laughs> well, not. Well, that's and of you course, for. <laughs> you, know, you uh, are, of course, different because you have, um, you know, that Canadian. I always call it the Canadian accent. You all sound the same. You know, you do. You, you all have that little, I don't know what it is. I said that to Ed on the interview, too. I'm like, you all have yeah. that, I don't know what it is. There's just that little accent, you know what I mean? That Canadian whatever it is. So I'm like, you definitely sound, you don't sound like me, which means your music sounds different, too. So I'm like, okay. Um, oh, my God, and look at this. It's been an hour already. Can you believe how fast it's I know. Maybe it's just me, but it's like it whips. It's like the time you get on, you get off. It's like there's a couple things that we have to cover, though, before I officially let you off of my stage, so to speak. Um, I okay. want to make a run through um, and listen to all these because I don't want to forget anything. In case any of you are listening and you have not heard of Kate before or want to hear from her, about her, etc., um, let me give you the rundown here in the list. She does have a Twitter handle, and that's at, and that's Kate Ashby Craft, which is Kate and then A-S-H-B-Y. C-R-A-F-T. Her music can be found on iTunes, CD Baby, YouTube, MySpace, and Amazon.ca. Um, she has a Facebook page, which is, of course, Kate Ashby Craft, as I had uh, spelled previously, and the website, www.kateashbycraft.com. Any places I've missed you? Uh, no. Well, I'm on LinkedIn as oh. well. I noticed you weren't today. You are. so we must connect on LinkedIn there, Cindy. Yes, I sent you a request as far as that goes. And sometimes when I interview someone, the reason I don't bring that up, because I did see that, and I thought to myself, sometimes I bring it up, some people want to connect on there, and some people don't. Meaning that the musician themselves is kind of like, well, it's a professional thing. So that's kind of why. But certainly, yes, she is on LinkedIn if you want to find her, because I found her yesterday, of course. I also don't want to forget to mention that your next appearance I found is in Niagara Falls, Ontario, at the Greg Freewin Theater, and that's on February 26th. Anything else yes, going on between now and that? You know what's interesting about that date, Cindy? That's Johnny Cash's birthday. Oh, my and God. And guess what? That. Yeah, and also that is the same birthday as Bill Cayley, who plays Johnny Cash in the show. So it, they both have the same birthday. Really? Now, was that a coincidence, really? or did they do that on purpose? Well, don't. They must have done it no, on purpose. No, 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 no. They, there's a lot of coincidence between the two of them. <laughs> It's very quite, it's very fascinating. <laughs> you know, I know this is going to sound like a weird question, but I'm weird. So if anybody knows me, they already know this. 
I've asked this to other people, like people that impersonate Marilyn, because I'm a huge Marilyn Monroe fan, or others. Do you ever get that 30-second feeling like she's there or that some form of her is inspiring you? I know it sounds kind of quirky. Oh, absolutely, and I hope that June, if June is listening, I hope that she's happy with my performance. Oh, no kidding, right? It's kind of freaking, yes. And I'm kind of freaking myself out. I'm doing a two-hour Charlie Chaplin interview next week. And obviously we know he's not living anymore. Well, it's nerve-wracking because, you know, like when I did the Marilyn thing, I I adore Marilyn. I mean, and I was like going on like not one thing could be wrong. It it was like I was envisioning her sitting at my kitchen table. And then my, my dear psychic friend who I interviewed actually called and she said, you know, just so you know. She said she would have been a great friend of yours had she have been alive right now today. Oh, and so wow. I, thought, I got goosebumps well, does that when you mean said she that, was listening? <laughs> yeah, yes, it, it's exciting to think that, you know, your idols are the people that, you know, obviously, of course. And, and what's exciting about that is, is, as you had mentioned, of course, I'm going to be moving on to the uh, theatrical side of things. So I'm going to be doing four films in one year. I hope to be able to get some footage while I'm in Canada. I'm hoping, and by the way, just so you Please know Please let me know if you make it up here. Please let me know. Not only am I going to make it up there, but every, and I mean every single person I've interviewed for the last three years is going to get the same open invitation to um, lend your music, lend yourself to any project I do. I'm very big on using everyone I meet or interview. Um, I think that's important. Friends are supposed to advocate for friends because oftentimes in this industry, they don't. Um, and I'm a big believer in if you've made it this far and you're on my show, you take it to the next level, um, you know, most oftentimes success can be found just in participating in a project such as that. So that's my hope. Oh, absolutely. I'd love to. You know, Thank you. I would oh, love wonderful. to do it. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. You just, I like Absolutely. I like, yeah, I'm those there. Those are really cool. <laughs> they are. They're absolutely cool. Um, so the last thing that we do on my show, in case you haven't ever heard my show before, is I always take my last couple of minutes to tell the person who's come on my show what I think of them. So I hope you're sitting down and hopefully with wine, even though it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon here. Um, I can't because <laughs> I have to go get my children in an hour. Otherwise, I'd be cocktailing it. But tomorrow's another story because they're not home. Um, I, I like to give the impressions of what I think first and foremost because most oftentimes when people listen to this show, they don't know a whole lot about you. So their first introduction comes from me. So I've given them all the biographical flags. And so at this last point, I like to give my reflections on you, what I've come to learn by interviewing you, researching you, et cetera. And hopefully people learn to get the same impression of you that I do, hopefully with any luck at all. Um, so here it goes. So I hope you're sitting down. Um, I'm Kate Ashley Craft. Um, she is meticulous to a fault. Let me tell you this much. She's extremely organized. She's extremely on task. And why? Um, because she kept my butt in gear more than one time to say, hey, what are we doing, keeping me structured, organized, getting me the, the, the materials and information, correcting me when I inadvertently, accidentally put her website on the wrong way on Facebook, which wasn't on purpose, so I apologize for that. Um, but she's very organized, very detailed, and very meticulous. Uh, at very first sight on looking at uh, Kate's page um, and looking at all of her website information, I was shocked. In fact, the voice did not resemble her, and I'm not going to lie. That's unusual for me. But um, I, I couldn't match the two of them up. You have such this this strong presence about you. If you've ever looked at your picture, which I'm sure you have a thousand times over, or a fan see you and follower see you, you have this very, um, not stoic appearance, but it's a very strong, very versed, very just delightful appearance on stage. I've watched different um, videos, I've listened to different music of yours, and there's one resounding theme that comes through in every single time that you sing, which is you clearly have a fun time doing what you do. I can tell in every note, in every pitch, 
in every tone that you do, there's passion, there's presence. You're in every moment, every second that you're on stage. And then once you jump off of stage, you're just as meticulous in your personal life, life as I've noticed about making a point of things, things that you love, things that you like, things that you advocate. It's clear to me that you have a love for your family, your friends, and the things that you hold dear. I see that you have an appreciation for being in a business this long that still embraces you and still wants you to be out performing and singing. I see you as a potential role model, as if you're not already, which I'm certain you know this, for Canadians that are younger, older, and in the United States. In a perfect world, I'd like to see you bring yourself, your troupe, even if it's not in the legend show, to Wisconsin or any other place in the United States, because you have something that we don't, which is you have attitude, you have accent, and you have this adorability. And I know that's not an author word, but you're just you're like a cute little grandma, all wrapped in one that can sing and dance, and you dress really well, and you got spunk. All of these qualities make me admire you, and I feel very privileged that you gave me one hour of your time to call in from Canada to share your experiences and all of your worldly travels. And God, I hope when I come to Canada, you have a spot for me and a seat for me at your show, and more importantly, a spot for me in your life as time goes along. That's it. That's all I got. Cindy, thank you. (laughs) That is so sweet and so kind of you. Thank you, thank you for your kind words. And yes, you definitely have a spot in my life. Absolutely. Oh, I appreciate I've, that. I do. I think I've it's very important that, that I do. I think that's important because a lot of times people can do shows. Yeah. Go ahead. You have done your homework, girl, and I like that. I appreciate <laughs> that. I like being interviewed yes. by people who know what they're talking about. <laughs> yes, and I think that that you owe you owe that to people. You can't just walk into a room and say, "Okay, I'm going to give you this interview and I'm going to do this," and then you, you know, for lack of a better term, you half-ass them. You either know your stuff or you don't know your stuff. And it's your job, and it's you my do. job, and hopefully, I know your stuff and you know your stuff. And what's most important, I think, at the end of the day, is that people see you in the in hopefully in the way that I do, because hopefully that will encourage them to go off and and, and advertise and and to go to your shows and be a part of your magic because you bring and by the way Cindy, I would does. love to come to Wisconsin and perform <gasps> down yay, there love to yay. absolutely to I love I Wisconsin I love the audiences there absolutely yay. that would be absolutely wonderful I would that would be great no I would, I would love just that. love 100%. it 100% and I will stay in touch as far as that goes. Right now, the the hardest part about doing four productions all at one time is my wheels are always spilling, so I'm casting for one, and I'm doing this for another, and then I'm trying to work with this person here, and I'm organizing an event. So they're all a work in progress. So one day you might just get that pop-up that says, hi, remember me? Well, guess what? It's time to do something because music is an important right. component of anything. Anytime. Any, anytime. And I would appreciate that, my dear. And on that note, I have kept you a little bit over, but I'm going to let you go to, off to your day. Thank you again so very much for taking the time to be on here. I appreciate it so much. Well, Cindy, thank you. Thank you so much for your interest. I am very grateful for any interest because I know it's a highly saturated market out there in the music world, and I appreciate you taking the time to want or wanting to interview me. Thank you. And to expose my music to people perhaps who don't know my music. So thank you again. I am 
Most um, grateful. Not a problem at all. And I don't want to forget to let to, to mention this to you as I let you go. Um, give it about an hour or so, and then, of course, if you want to repost the link to my Blog Talk radio show, your show will now be archived for all of time. So basically anybody can go back at any point in time now and listen to it. The music will be on here, of course. And shortly after the show ends here, I'll put a post up on my personal page and my show page just relisting all the impressions that I just had and all the ways that people can find you and announcing your next show. So good luck to you, my dear. Thank you, and you too. All right, my dear. Bye we'll now. talk soon. Take care. All right, folks. Wasn't she just wonderful? That was Kate Ashby Craft again. One more time. I just want to go through all the different ways we're able to find her. Of course, if you are in the Canadian area, or I should say Canada, not Canadian area, February 26th at the Greg Furwin Freewin Theater. I can't talk today. Niagara Falls, Ontario. She will be having her show there on the 26th, coincidentally, Johnny Cash's birthday. Website again, www.kateashbycraft.com. She has a Facebook page with the same name, which, of course, is her personal page. As she had prefaced, she has a LinkedIn profile. She is also on MySpace, iTunes, CD Baby, YouTube, Amazon.ca, and, of course, her Twitter handle is at Kate Ashby Craft, C-R-A-F-T. Once again, Kate, thank you so very much. And, again, uh, worldwide, thank you so much to the Canadians for all you do. This is the whole reason why... I formulated the inception of the Canadian Connection Show because I find you to be just extraordinary. So please, please do make it a point to send me any referrals. If you happen to know anybody in the Canadian or Canada area who is interested in coming on the show, please email me directly at cin4251 at gmail.com. Last business here tomorrow, 2 o'clock Central Standard Time, making a difference with Gail. And by that, I mean the larger-than-life Gail King, TV, radio, show host, New York City. Need I say more? She is fabulous. So much to talk about, so much ground to cover tomorrow. Two o'clock Central Standard Time, Gail King on Sims Chat Corner. Thanks again to everybody for listening in, and I hope you have a nice evening. We'll see you tomorrow.